You're listening to the St. John's Diamond Creek Podcast. This episode presented by Youth Minister Andy Fidock. Today's reading is from Galatians 5, verses 13 to 25. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbour as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the spirit, what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Have you ever felt like you're not good enough? Maybe if you're a follower of Jesus, you've felt like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm really a good enough Christian. Maybe in the background sometimes of your relationship with God, you think, but does God really love me? I'm going to take a guess and say, yes, at some point or another, or in one area in your life or another, you have felt like you're not good enough. I know that I for sure have. Uh, Just recently, I rocked up at my best friend's house and she was sitting in her window, reading her Bible and spending time with Jesus. It was pretty early in the morning when I got there. And instead of my first thought being, oh yeah, go girl, spending time with Jesus, that's awesome. My first thought was, oh, Well, I've been pretty inconsistent with my time with Jesus this week. And I don't know, I feel like I'm not doing super well at being a Christian. And I don't know, I just got this sense that I just wasn't good enough. 
my mom can also attest that <clears throat> sometimes when I uh, practice my talks for church in front of her, I get halfway through and I'm just getting a bit frustrated. It's not going how I want. I just go, ah, I don't think I'm good enough to be doing this. Sometimes when we get in that kind of mindset about things that we don't feel like we're good enough or good enough for God, we can start to treat life as if it is a series of ticks and crosses as we try and see if we measure up compared to other people and other things. When we feel like this, we can become at risk of reading the Bible as if it is just a long series of criteria that we're trying to put ticks and crosses against to see if we measure up. To get the answer we're looking for, am I good enough? Maybe today or always, am I good enough for God to really love, forgive and accept me? In my life group a few weeks ago, um, if you've never heard of a life group before, they're small groups that our church has where we meet together to talk about God, to be in community, sometimes to share food when we can um, with restrictions, and also to read God's Word and try and understand it and apply it to our lives together. So I was meeting in my life group and I said, hey girls, can we read the passage that I'm doing in a few weeks? Just I want to see what you think about it. And as we started to read it, we were like, oh, this seems like one of those passages where you might be tempted to read it as though it is a checklist to see whether you measure up and whether you're good enough. But before we get into that properly, I want to give us a little bit of a recap on the series that we've been doing in Galatians at the moment. So this series is called Freedom in Jesus, and it's been looking at a letter that a guy named Paul wrote to this bunch of churches in Galatia that he helped to set up. So far as a church, we've been looking at how Paul has been rebuking the Galatians. He's been saying, stop changing the good news, the message that you have about Jesus, because they were adding things and taking things away. He's saying, no, I'm pleading with you, please Galatians, get back to the real truth, what you know about Jesus. And Paul really starts to emphasize near the end of his letter that it is for freedom that Jesus has set them free. So that's where we get to today in our Bible reading, Galatians 5, 13 to 26. And Paul talks about what it looks like to live in that freedom that Jesus has given them. And also that they shouldn't just live, use that freedom to just live how they were before, that actually life looks different from them, for them now, now that they're free. When we get to verse 19 of our reading today, Paul starts to talk about the life that we're now free from living. It says this, The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the lack. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So in my life group, we're reading through this passage and we get to this bit and we're like, oh, this could be pretty easy to read as a list of ticks and crosses. And we saw that this could be a bit of a problem. On one hand, you might read it and feel a bit superior to other people if you think you do pretty well, if you measure up. You might, that might lead to hurting other people, treating them like you're better than them in some way. Or you might read this list and feel like you're not actually good enough. And then you might want other people to make mistakes around you so that you feel better when you make mistakes. Um, let me demonstrate this for you. So perhaps uh, something like this is going through your head when this was read. 
Yeah, sexual immorality. Yeah, I haven't cheated on my partner. Don't watch porn. Well, very often. Yeah, I reckon I'll give myself a tick for that one. Impurity, yeah, tick for that one. Debauchery, yeah, I don't excessively indulge in sex or alcohol. I mean, I have a few drinks here or there with my mates, but I don't drink as much as they do. And definitely don't do drugs. Yeah, I'll give myself a tick for that one. Don't worship idols, I'm not a witch. Pretty content in my life, so I'm not really jealous of others. I hardly get angry, not a tick. Wouldn't say I'm particularly selfish and like, I've definitely never had an orgy, so give myself a tick for that one. Just give myself a bit of a pat on the back. I passed the test. Um, and then we can close our Bible and go on feeling like, yeah, today, I think maybe I am good enough for God to love me. Or maybe that is the opposite to what God was going through your mind when you read that. Maybe you got to today's passage and instead of feeling like you measured up, you felt like you're not good enough. Thinking, oh, maybe if this is what the Bible says, I'm not good enough for God to accept me. I idolize money in my life, often above God, myself across. I'm jealous of my mate who's dating that person that I really wanted to date, so give myself a cross for that. Just last week, I got into a fit of rage with someone in my family. Uh, just recently, I only got ahead at work because of my selfish ambition. Sometimes on the weekend, I still get drunk, close the Bible. Mm, I don't really feel good enough. I'm not really sure if God loves me. As my life group sat with this together, we decided to have a read of this list in another translation as well, just to try and get an idea of what is Paul really getting at by putting this in this passage. Is it a checklist or not? We decided to read it in the message translation to get more of a feel of what Paul is saying. And we all kind of had this like, oh, moment as we realized that this list is not naming types of people that God won't accept or actions that are unforgivable by God. They're describing a broken and exhausting life that Jesus has set us free from. So I want to read that to you now. It is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex. A stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. Frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness. Trinket gods. Magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper, an impotence to love or be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community. I could go on. Paul describes this way of life as indulging the flesh or in the message translation as trying to get your own way all the time. A life that's lived like this is not something I think anyone would truly want to live. That's not a truly satisfying life. Paul began this section of the Bible that we're reading today in verse 13 by saying, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. I want us to get this clear, that when Paul is telling the Galatians not to use their freedom to indulge their flesh, he's not saying that all your desires as a human are bad. 
Not at all God created us with wants and desires, and many of these are very good, but it's what we do with those desires that can be bad. Sometimes the actions that we take in response to our desires can hurt ourselves and can hurt other people. They can be destructive and painful. So what Paul is saying when he's saying living by the flesh, he's not saying having wants and needs. He's saying living out of step with how God created you to be, living out of step with right relationship with other people. I'm going to use sexual desires as an example to try and help us understand this better because it, things to do with sexual desires is mentioned a lot in these verses. So having sexual desires is not bad. They are actually a really good thing that is part of God, how God created us. But the actions that we take to satisfy our sexual desires can be really bad. The message translation puts it like this, that if we just try and selfishly satisfy our own sexual desires, it will lead to repetitive, loveless, cheap sex. The kind of gratification of desires that leads to idolatry and cheating. Sex is actually a gift from God, made to be a celebration um, between people in a marriage. Sex was, not, sex was not made to just be someone satisfying their own desires, but a thing to be shared. Now, before I go on, I also just want to point out that sex and our own sexual desires is a really big and often complicated and personal topic. It can be confusing as we try and understand it for ourselves, and for many of us it has led to misunderstanding and pain especially when it starts to get talked about at church. So I want to make it clear that I've no, by no means been exhaustive in using this example in my talk, but I actually want to encourage you to start exploring for yourself what a biblical understanding of sex looks like for you. If you want help doing this, we'd love for you to connect with us here at St. John's. You can head to our website um, and ask us questions you might have. We'd love to point you in the direction of resources that can help you to grapple with this for yourself. Anyway, back to what our fleshly desires mean for us. So our fleshly desires are what we reckon will make us feel good and satisfied in the moment. And often in that immediate or short term, they do. These things do feel good. But in the long term, do they lead to satisfaction? No. It's like a mosquito bite. It's really itchy and you really want to itch it. And then you do. And at the start, it feels like really good because you've itched that, you've scratched that itch. But then over time, if you keep itching it, it just starts getting redder and more inflamed and more itchy. Because over time, the consequence of the actions we take just to satisfy our own desires all the time can weigh up and pile us down, leaving us feeling even more unsatisfied with life than when we started. And this is what we call sin, these things that come in the way of us having a perfect relationship with God. And the reason this comes in the way is because instead of seeking God, the only one who can truly satisfy us, we seek to satisfy our own desires through our flesh, through what we just want all the time. And the more unsatisfying our life gets, the more drastic these decisions are to try and be satisfied. In our reading today, a few times it mentions the law. Now, God gave a law to his people, his chosen people, the Israelites, as a constant reminder to them that they weren't good enough. We've talked a bit about the law already in previous weeks, so I'm not going to go heaps into it now. But this law that God gave his chosen people was a way for them to come face to face with the fact that 
they weren't good enough. It made them see that their sin was a daily reality of what happened when they tried to gratify the desires of their own flesh, just get what they want. In doing so, that separated them from having a perfect relationship with God. Just like how sin separates us from having a perfect relationship with God too. So how do we, like them, break free from that cycle? Well, the answer for us is Jesus. You see, you could read the whole Bible and give yourself ticks for everything you read, think you're doing pretty well as a Christian, give yourself a pat on the back, but you actually still wouldn't be good enough to save yourself. Jesus is the only person to ever live who was actually good enough. And he died with our sin, all our fleshly desires, so that we don't have to. Then he rose to life, defeating death, so that we can now live in freedom. That's the good news for freedom in Jesus. But being a Christian can still sometimes be a bit tricky to navigate, even when we know this truth that we've been set free. We can get stuck in trying to have a relationship with God, often in two different ways. Um, or somewhere along that spectrum, you might get stuck. One is living a life dictated by rules and regulations and making a, no, a new law for yourself to try and stop yourself from sinning. Instead of actually living in the freedom that Jesus has given you, feeling really restricted and afraid that you're going to stuff up and then God won't want you anymore. On the other end of the spectrum, you might take what Jesus has done for you for granted and keep thinking, hey, you know what? Jesus died for my sins, so I don't have to. So I can just keep doing whatever I want all the time in my life. Both of these options can pull us away from the true freedom that we have found in Jesus, the relationship we have with God. So imagine that your relationship with God is a straight path that you're getting to walk down with Jesus. And these two other options are on either side, laws and regulations, or just being careless about what Jesus has done. The thing is, we don't want to pick either of those sides because the path is where Jesus is. Because both of those paths either side are full of prickles and they're really dark and there's itchy bugs and it's just not a nice place to be. But here with Jesus is light and a good, satisfying life. And God is so good to us that through Jesus, He didn't just make a way for us to walk with God and have a relationship with Him, walk along this path. He also gave us a companion for the journey, the Holy Spirit. When Jesus ascended into heaven, He rose from the dead and went to be with God the Father. The Holy Spirit was given in His place for all people to continue to have a relationship with God, even though Jesus was no longer here on earth. When we live in step with God's Spirit, that's when our life can become far more richer and actually deeply satisfying. Verses 22 and 23 of our reading may be pretty familiar to you if you've been around church for a little while. It's the kind of verses that we often see on mugs or posters or it's a really fun one to do in kids' church. It goes like this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, sometimes translated as patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When you get to these verses in the Bible, you might be going, oh, the fruit of the Spirit, how lovely, I like this bit, uh, good fun, like fruit, fun. Uh, you might just read it and decide, oh, cool, and then you close the Bible, not really thinking about it much because it's just a pleasant part of the Bible you've heard lots before. 
But this is the most exciting part of our whole reading today. Because it's saying that when we live in God and step with God's spirit, that we have been given freely to us who put our trust in Jesus. When we choose to walk on the path with him, this is the kind of things that we can start to see playing out in our lives. Walking in step with God's spirit means asking the Holy Spirit for guidance to make decisions in our lives, what we should do in situations. Uh, A few years ago, I'd made some bad decisions in my life and I was really struggling to know how my desires fit with what God's desires were for me. So I decided to start praying a particular prayer. And this prayer was, Holy Spirit, please make my desires for my life your desires for me. And as I keep drawing closer to God and He keeps answering that prayer, life is becoming a whole lot more satisfying because I know that what God wants for me is good. So if He helps me want what He wants for me, then I'm just going to have a life full of so much more joy, walking closer in step with His Spirit. This list of the fruits of the Spirit in the Bible isn't just a nice thing to read, but it's a really valuable resource for you as a follower of Jesus, if that's you. It could be an indication of whether we have stepped off the path and have chosen to be too abiding by law and trying to live a really religious life, or on the other side, if we're just becoming too carefree. The way we can know if we've stepped off this path is if our life is no longer producing this kind of fruit. It can also be a really helpful list because it can help us to stay in step with God's Spirit if we practice these things in our life. When I first started looking at our Bible passages today to talk, I was reading through the fruits of the Spirit and I had that thought of like, oh, this is so pleasant and very nice. Uh, But one of the words in the fruit of the Spirit kind of caught my eye and took me by surprise. It was self-control. It kind of feels like it's the odd one out of the list. Anyway, I closed my Bible. I went to bed that night. Um, and just before I went to sleep, I got that urge to pick up my phone, like that strong urge to start scrolling through social media before I went to bed. And I know from previous experience that when I do that, uh, it makes it harder for me to sleep. And I often wake up in the morning with a headache if I've spent too much time on a screen before bed. But I still just really had that urge to go on Instagram. Then I felt like I had the word self-control flash in my mind from looking at the fruits of of the Spirit earlier that day. And I paused for a second and I was like, wait, I don't actually want to do this. I know that this is not going to be good for me. It's going to end up giving me a headache. And I actually don't have to do it just because I want to. Um, And it might sound silly how good this felt, but it was actually such a feeling of freedom when I then locked my phone that I was already holding. I put it down and I was like, I don't have to because walking with God's spirit means that I have self-control. I don't have to live a life just satisfying my desires all the time. A friend of mine told me a story of how he started practicing the fruits of the spirit in his own life. And that's the thing I want to leave with you today. So this friend of mine used to work in a cafe and not speaking for him just yet, but my experience of working in a cafe is sometimes it can be a pretty stressful job. You have customers all wanting their coffee to be perfect at the right temperature. You're trying to do lots of things at once. It can be a pretty full on job. Anyway, my friend decided that in this context, in this cafe, he wanted to live out his relationship with Jesus and really walk in step with God's Holy Spirit. So he decided that for eight weeks, he was going to focus on one fruit of the Spirit at a time 
and the way he lived at work and the way he treated the other staff and the other customers. So this is my challenge for both myself and for you today. This week, begin with love. Practice loving like Jesus in the way that you treat others in whatever situation you are in life right now. And then the week after, do joy and so on as you work through the fruits of the Spirit. Personally, after I talk to you today, I'm actually going to grab out my phone and put on the next eight Mondays the word that I'm going to focus on that week. So it doesn't just go from my mind as a nice idea, but it's something that I actually practice to walk in step with God's spirit more in my life. Just going to pray for us now as we go. Lord Jesus, As your word to us says today, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I ask that as we live this week, we would see more love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control as the fruit of our lives. God, we know that you are the only one that can truly satisfy us. Help us to live in the freedom you have given us. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for St. John's Diamond Creek.